Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. At this point, I'd like to consider myself a stallion in the sack. Okay, why do you think that? It's because I have gone through the entire omgyes.com website. What is omgs? Omgyes.com is a website all about women's sexual pleasure. Oh, yeah. They give beautiful tutorials, explicit videos. Well, let me say something about the explicit videos. Most women I know have never even looked at their own God-blessed vagina. So if you want to see a vagina. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I mean, you need to know your own anatomy or you can't expect some guy to know it. I completely agree with this. And OMGS asked thousands of women what feels best for them. And shown it in videos. And found the patterns. This is for everyone curious about how to enhance women's pleasure and thereby other partners' pleasure. Get $5 off newly released season two at omgs.com slash mom. I think I've heard my mom talk about her sex life to me like three times. As far as I know, they've had sex four times and it resulted in four children. My parents are openly talking about it all the time. It's disgusting. Welcome to Sex Talk with my mom. I'm Cam Poder. And I'm Carly Poder. My mother is a sex expert, a cougar, and the world's oldest living millennial. <laughs> that is the cougar sound? That was the cougar sound. My son, he's a comic, a mime, and a stand-up clown. A stand-up clown. You usually say Buddhist clown, but this today you're choosing stand-up because we had to stand up on the show. Exactly. How did you know? It. You read my mind? I know your mind so well at this point. You are a stand-up clown. I know your thoughts at this point before you even have them. That, it is probably true. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I can kind of, I, I almost could, I would be interested one time if we reversed the, the roles where you try to ask the questions that I'm going to ask the interviewer and uh-huh. vice versa. Oh my God. And, That'd and, be so funny. Mainly it would be me Acting as you, not asking any questions whatsoever, but just interjecting with your own experiences. Oh, that is my role. That is your role. as we all know, I'm a pillow princess. Oh, my fuck. All right. Guys, why do we talk about sex? We talk about sex for a lot of reasons, but one of them is to entertain. Another is to enlighten. And another is just to break down the barriers, what people talk about, and that's really our mission. Yeah, and we do that with Aiden Park this week. Amazing. This guy has gone through... A hellish life, but has come out swinging. He is a stand-up comedian who performs a ton at the Laugh Factory. He's a Gaijin. He considers himself a Gaijin comic who gives great advice. And he does. It's amazing. This guy is brilliant. It's because he's gone through the ringer. Yeah. And he came out smelling like a goddamn rose. Well, he is hyper as fuck, I gotta say. I've never seen someone with more energy in one place. Honestly, I, I, I don't know anyone with more energy. Even my boyfriend? He might be D's. He rivals D's. Yeah, it's so intense. He's intense and it's got the best laugh and he is really smart. So you guys have to stay tuned through the whole entire episode and then go to the Patreon bonus episode to hear even more from him because he is amazing. He's so funny. We do a Patreon bonus episode with him where we go through the rapid fire sex questions with him and his answers are hysterical. Yeah, basically this episode is going to give you comedy it's going to give you tragedy and advice it, and the advice best on part, how to live a better life yeah and and i really believe this guy is brilliant and you guys will learn so much from him and we learned a lot from him which it, is you know it's it's lovely when we can get someone in that you know stimulates our brain yeah we talk about how he's a big old bottom how the he's big into, old bottom into daddies he's not in, he's not a twink though then we talk about how he lost his husband very recently 
That was very sad. Last year. And how he coped with it and how he was at the depths of depression. Yeah. And We're not going to give anything else away. Move okay. On. We'll we'll let it go from there. But, but trust us, you need to listen. To if you're one. interested in, if you want to have a laugh and if you want to have a better perspective on life, this is the episode for and you. And if you want to have a cry because it's very emotion, emotional at parts too. And if you want to make us cry, give us a rating and review on iTunes. <laughs> do we, we have love any? when you support us. Yes. And, and why do we want ratings and reviews? So that we can get people like Aiden Park on our show. They see, oh, these guys have 405 star reviews we're going to go on their podcast. Yeah, yeah. It also helps get listeners to see our podcast because it helps the whole iTunes optimization. Even if you're not listening on the podcast app, just go to Apple iTunes, sign in, takes five seconds. It's, there's a review tab that you have to find. That's, and just For people it. like me that are a little challenged in the uh, the tech department, there's a little tab that says review. So just go to that. Even if you don't want to write anything, just give five stars. In this one, I'm going to read one. This one says, as seen on TV, five stars. I like that one. By Cat Butt. Cat Butt. Nothing cuter than a cat butt. Recently saw you on a Tosh.0 episode and liked the idea. This is a great service to all people who have been raised in the don't talk about sex society. Thanks for the podcast. I'm binge listening. Love it. Mood loves when you binge listen. I do love binge listeners. And you know what? You guys out there in, in... whatever land, what would you call it, podcast land, mm-hmm. please subscribe so that you don't miss it. Subscribe. Shush, that was me because my, my my teeth are not functioning properly. Subscribe and share it with a friend. Subscribe. There's a subscribe button. Please. It helps us out a lot. Oh, I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and include them in our next Monday morning after show. Right. So on Mondays, we speak directly to you, our listeners. It's just the two of us, my mom and I. Uh, and we answer your comments and questions. And, and today's question is, have you experienced a loss similar to Aiden and myself and Cam, where someone very close to you dies and you have to make some decisions as to how you want to live your life afterwards? That's the question. It's a heavy question. It's a yes or no question. No, no. Explain what what happened. Why is that so difficult? Explain what happened? Yeah, explain how you went through any kind of uh, existential crisis. All I'm right. more interested in Are you a big old bottom or a big old top? No, that's no. I'm what? interested in how you came out of that. That's what I'm talking about. But that's not the question you asked. You, first, you asked, how have you experienced this? Yes. And second is, how did you come out of it? Okay. What did you do? Okay. How did you cope? How did you cope? That's a good question. Yeah. Actually, you guys can ask anything you want. Oh, God. You guys can go ahead. Off the rails. Ask away. Because we tend to look at all the questions that are asked and respond to them both in writing and sometimes we bring them up on our show. So it's worth it to take the time to send us the message, especially if you're on Patreon. Patreon.com slash sex talk with my mom. Without further ado, Aiden Park. And let me tell you about the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees and the good old gay Asian Koreanese. All right, I was close until I had the Horrible. <laughs> Just horrible. <laughs> Enjoy. Aiden Park, welcome to the show. Yay, Woo-hoo-hoo. thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have and you me here. me too. The energy in this room is off the charts. It is. Yay. And I just gave him a cup of coffee, so who knows oh what's going on. I had a big coffee. I had a whole oh, no. pot before I um, <laughs> got here. Oh, boy. Okay, so this sex talks with mom. Great. No, okay. sex no, I can talk. talk with my mom. Sex. <laughs> See, look, oh at the, look at the posters. See, sex talk sex with my mom. Sex talk with with my great this is perfect because you know i have daddy issues and the last guy i was with <laughs> was 20 years older than me <laughs> oh <And> so <laughs> sex talk with my mom and daddy all right no i'm oh. kidding oh my god so terrible so uh cam kind of is like the daddy are you like daddy i well i'm definitely the father figure in this relationship are you yeah yeah he's the uh, dad i'm the kid do you the, it's kind of reversed babysit like, some, Mom. Yeah, this oh. weekend she called me fucking hammered. And I was like, why are you calling me wasted? Where are you right oh, now? Oh, so you're the Kate Quigley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Before. Yeah, no, Kate Quigley's one of my best friends. Yeah, they she was on our show. She's hilarious. They hit it off. I think there's kindred spirit yeah, there. Yeah, Kate right. and I totally. But and we're the ones that get the phone calls. That you, yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, so yeah. what happened when Kate called Wait. you? Wait, okay, you, go on, go what, on. what happened when Kate Wait, called Wait, did, did we talk about this on our... On no, our, it wasn't no, on No, no, okay. Yeah, so... I got a I got a text message. I mean, we were just talking about how much we love Kate Quigley, and yeah. uh, she's one of my good friends. I got a text message from her at two a.m. saying, "Aiden, I'm drunk. Fuck me," or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Aiden, I'm drunk. Fuck me. If, if that had gone to anybody, I mean that that's a that's a 
if you sent that to a straight guy, you know, they might have taken it a different way. Yeah, exactly. And I was just like, oh. And so I text her back at 9 o'clock, no response. I'm like, ah, she's fine. Yeah. <laughs> she'll, she'll be up and, you know. At six by six p.m., she'll be fine for sure. Yeah, you guys, your comedians are like night owls anyway. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Okay, you were talking about your daddy issues and how you were going out with I'm a guy sorry. twenty years older than you. Yes, I love. Um, you know, I used to have a lot of shame about the daddy issues thing, but um, now you own it. Well, you know, there's a you know society, blah blah blah, you know all that, and so uh, I started talking about it on stage on purpose. As to kind of tell the audience you're open and looking for daddies. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? He was not going there. That's exactly where I was taking this. Oh, well, you know, I um, I do that. I go on stage (laughs) and explain, oh, I happen to be single right now. If anyone's an audience is looking for daddies. No, but, you know, if a a little lady is in the audience, I don't know. (laughs) Little ladies in the audience. audience? Well, don't you have friends that you can introduce them to? Oh, that was one of our questions for you, by the way. We're 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 going to do some relationship questions later. Let's get to your daddy issues, then we'll get to the daddy issues. Daddy issues, yeah. What was the point? Oh, yeah. You're talking about weed. Oh, yeah, I smoked weed (laughs) with him. With your daddy? Yes, with Michael. And I swear to God, we were making out, and I swear to God, he turned into a lizard. What? And I freaked. I was like, oh my God, you're a lizard. And he's like, <laughs> like what a- are you talking about? I'm like, I gotta get up. And so I got up oh and I ran God. to the shower and I took a cold shower and I came back. I was like, oh, and he was like, um, never again. Wait, yeah, was it a good <laughs> But we did ecstasy together and that went really well. So That's I don't know so why. so bizarre. You might have been like tainted with something. Wait, no. what? Because he or- smoked. He was fine. The weed could have been like, you know. No, a lot of people with- actually hallucinate on weed. Yeah. Yeah. You, you were a- actually hallucinating. Not co- fully hallucinating. But you well, thought you're he was a lizard. Like a like a, a, a guana lizard. What type of lizard were you thinking? <laughs> like an aquatic His just tongue got real long. Oh my well, god! Well, wait a second. Maybe you guys were making out. We were making out. Oh okay. But then I was like, oh my god! You know, your tongue got long. Okay. Yeah. And okay, apparently, let's... I was like, I'm really loud, as you can see. You know, when you're having um, sex, you mean you're loud. Well, I you know I have to be quieter because of our building. But then, like, I got so excited loud <laughs> that he had to tell me to be quiet which never happens are you screaming words or more sounds ah! <laughs> <laughs> is it sound painful or does it sound pleasurable? well uh, sex is supposed to sound a little painful right <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait who said that isn't that the idea wait no who said oh that? i don't know i'm into that so whatever Oh my God! So I mean, not not complete. I mean, well, it depends on the person. Hey, we're not yucking anyone's yum. We talk to people into BDSM, sure, on yeah. a daily I mean, basis yeah, over like, here. Are you a top, a bottom? I'm a switch? big bottom. Are you kidding me? Big yeah. bottom. Big bottom you, to you, the you guys big, know what that means, right? To the big of course. daddies. Okay, good, good, good. To the big daddies. To the big, to the big <laughs> daddies. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm a. I also talk about that right. on stage. You know something? I'm a pillow princess. I just found this out. So you just lay there? No, I was told that I'm a pillow princess by someone who never had sex with me. What is their criteria? She for? just said that by my personality, she could tell that I'm a pillow princess. Oh, screw her. Who is this person? Nina Hartley. She's a porn star. Oh, well, she's never seen you in action, has she? Oh, it's she- always the quiet ones. It's always the quiet ones. They're so nice. The nice ones. Like, oh, the the, dad- the quote daddies that are like, oh, like, hey, like, so gentlemanly, so nice, so kind. And then you get in bed with them. And they are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh-huh. that, that's why you like them. Oh, yeah. This is the thing. <laughs> I love guys who are like, okay, my kind of guy is this. Dude, I'm kind of sort of seeing one right now, but like. Oh, do tell. Nice, sweet, makes breakfast and oh, has a job and na na na, so so sweet and calls you and say hi and then you get in bed and they are like vicious. Like vicious, <laughs> just, I mean, I, they got problems, vicious. They're like acting out all their aggressions out on you. And but that makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, think wonderful. about people that are in real life, like all, you know, maybe like suppressing all this extra energy that they mm-hmm. got. They get crazy in the bedroom. What a great way to let it out though. Oh yeah. It's an enjoyable way to as let it As long as you have a safe word. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> What's the safe what word? The safe word is I'm actually bigger than him, so I can just anytime I can just grab oh, him and throw a, him across the room. It's a safe behavior. <laughs> so it has nothing to do about the size of the person. It has entirely to do with the vibe. Yeah. The mental, for me, sex is a mental game. 
Of course. Ma'am. I don't care about. Don't look at me like I'm fucking crazy. Maybe that. I don't know if that's a, that's a something that our we, listeners might be thinking. I don't know. All right, listeners. Yes, text mom if you think its size of a stature has anything to do with whether or not the person's a top or a bottom. If your if your if your sex life is mostly dependent on the size of the dick or size of whoever and like that's that's the deter- the the if the determinant of your enjoying sex comes from the size of an anatomy or what your you know that kind of stuff then you got a very limited scope of what your sex life like you if that's a very limited you gotta get some more tools yeah you get very basic do you tend to go for guys who are shorter than you or does it does it It doesn't matter yeah it's a mental game that's what he's saying but for i think more heterosexual relationships even on these dating apps you see the woman saying if you're not 510 go fuck off well then she's very sad because she needs to well not she needs to everybody's into what they're into and you know what you can because there's racial hang-ups too right Oh, so right, like right. you know, a lot of people don't like Asian guys, and I was just talking about this. Like, for me, I'd rather you say, you know, I'm into white or Latin or black or whatever, so I can just move on. Yeah. But a lot of people are like, well, people should be more open minded. I'm like, no, they shouldn't. They just like what they like. <laughs> I don't want to have to twist anybody's arm to go out with an Asian person. I don't want to be some social justice cause. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, no, yeah. you go out with me because you got a fetish for Asians, and that's it. Like, I want to be. <laughs> that's it. Like, why do I want to go out with somebody who's like, oh, I'm going to give you a chance. Oh, thank you so much for giving me a chance, sir. Wait, you know, so like, do, do you have a, that? Do you have, so have you had any trend in the kind of guys that you've been after? Oh, yeah. They're all older and they're all old. <laughs> First of all, they're all old because they of the daddy like lizards. Well, no, they're not all old. You know what? I, this is such a terrible thing. To, you know what, actually? I'm 34. And uh, a lot of guys my age look a lot older than 34. I, you, which, you look younger than 34. Oh, thank you. It's I, I mean, I'm Asian. I think that's what it is. But the 34-year-olds <laughs> that, you know, certain certain races, like they look old, which works for me, which means I can date mentally 34, you know, my my same age. Oh, wow. But they look old, which works really what well. What is it that you like these old men? I have daddy issues. I didn't have a dad. I think that's why. Aww, so I mean, I could like psychoanalyze it all I want, but I stopped asking questions. Do you shout out like, you know, harder daddy or anything that kind of. Language. It depends on who the person is. It depends on what mental. That means game yes, you do. What? That means you do. Sometimes. Ah! <laughs> it's so fun. I love. I love. Okay, I love the mental game of sex. Like that's that's why I have sex. <laughs> you know, I mean, what's the point? I get asked that question a lot, though. Like, what would you do if someone shouted out "mommy" when you're having sex? I'm like, I do not like that at all. Well, I wouldn't just do it. I, it would be. It would. Okay, so if you and I were doing it. Yes. Karen. Well, you are a pretty handsome guy. Oh, I thank you. Say. For this is really interesting. I, too. I was about to say for an Asian. No, I'm just kidding. For a straight. Oh my God. I have this. Okay. I'm six foot two. Yeah. I'm, I got broad shoulders. I work out. So if I were straight, I'd be cleaning up at the Korean Baptist Church. You see what I'm saying? Oh. Because <laughs> oh, you're very different from the average Korean looking right. guy. Yeah. And what I run into is, okay. I run into, and I'm a big old bottom too, which, right? There's another problem. <laughs> big old so, bottom. What, Wait, is, look, the what's problem, the difference between? It's a bob. Yeah, a big old bottom, otherwise a small, little. Oh, big old bottom. Oh, I, small, I like young that. bottom. Like a twink. Well, that's, okay. So that's a type. Yeah. And the thing that I run into is there's an association with Asian people, Asian guys, being that type. Twinks? Twinks, because they're smooth and they're shorter and they're, you know what I mean? And I'm not, I don't fit that criteria. No. So I get women who tell me that I'm a very handsome guy, like very handsome Asian guy, whatever, whatever. And that's nice. But <laughs> like, that doesn't help anything over yeah. here. It's not going to hurt. But I actually, uh, for the general gay world, sometimes I'm a rare type. Yeah. That people don't quite see as something like uh lining up with what they're expecting does yeah, that make sense yeah, yeah. Cause you it's, don't look like a typical be, bottom for some people like this some people want like the unique the, the diamond in the rough that's what i'm saying so that's what i was saying is like okay <laughs> he's the diamond so i love i love it because you know 
I, there's positives and negatives, right? But see, if I have 100 people, I feel like maybe two of them will be really into me, right? Mm-hmm. But the two that are really into me is like, oh, oh. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. They're like, oh. They're really. Oh, that's just, this is it. Oh, man. Oh, oh, so excited. Like, What do you think Cam could do to get that kind of unique quality? The je ne sais quoi. Yeah. What do you think about? He's looking at me. And he is staring. It's like, like a scanner looking down my face. I'm not trying to figure. Okay, so, so tell me about you. What What is it? What's your deal? I mean, you are, you, you know, it's your podcast, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what in particular do you want to know? Like, what are, what are you into? Like, uh, So I'm into women. Okay. Uh, Which is even more interesting. The sex talk with... I just assume sex talk with my mom, you were gay. Because gay guys would have sex talk with their mom. Comf- but this is a straight... Yeah. This is so interesting. So that's okay, unique right yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, we're doing it because this is a weird thing this for, for most men to do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm very picky, which is not great. It has not helped me. Why? Well, I mean, not why, but like, what are you? What are you into? Oh, I just want to have like a very strong mental connection with the person that I find also very attractive. So What's your, uh, what, what are you into as far as uh, physical attractiveness? It kind of ranges. I kind of, I, I've been thinking of like my friend jokes that I'm like very into petite women, but I, I also dating a more broader women. So it doesn't, uh, what does a broader woman mean? I don't know. Like a more heavy set w- women that, that has also been the case. Why are you laughing? <laughs> Right. So I don't, I don't that's, really have quite a broader type. woman. I didn't know. What am I going to say? Fat, I'm, you're I'm, into I'm fat really women. Into fat women. What yeah. am I? No. P H A T. It it kind of goes the gamut. It's it's the whole thing. So he doesn't have a type. So what is it that so, you're so looking for? I am looking just someone I can. I, it's so unclear. This is the problem. This is unclear. This is the problem. If I knew, I would be with people look, all the time. I can show up and be like, look, I want a top who has really great sex and who's aggressive in bed and a nice guy. Like that's already weeds out like so many people. <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, you were looking for a guy who's edgy but nice. That's what I find is Edgy difficult. but nice and got his shit together. It's really hard to find that. I had a difficult time finding that. I think my boyfriend is. I think that's what I'm looking for as well. Edgy, edgy and, but nice. And, and, and I tend what, towards, you know, super I tend towards these to like very that. artisty, hipster women that is that is they're edgy but they're not there could be narcissistic i know that's the danger this is the danger yeah well could they (laughs) yeah well do you date comedian fellow comedians no (laughs) (laughs) no and why um There's plenty of gay guys of th- out there, by the way, that are comedians. I've noticed. We've, <laughs> we've interviewed several. There's a... Huh. How do I say this? Okay. There's a narrative um, that... How do, I, don't, I don't even know how... I don't even know. Why don't I date comedians? comedians? Why don't I date comedians? This is the thing. During sex, like I, I love talking openly about sex to an extent, Right. But there's a boundary, right? For me, I don't like group sex, right? The reason why I don't like group sex is because I find sexual experiences in the bedroom. Like, I'm talking to you pretty openly, and right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, certain things I feel are very... Um, certain experiences that you share with people are, are very uh, uh, private. Like, in- like uh, intimate. Right. And um, I feel like as a comic, nothing is really off limits. I'm a person who will respect the intimate boundaries of ah. sex. On that front, I don't necessarily feel safe that comedians will oh. honor that if they see that th- that's going to benefit them. Especially, and, and yeah, they might take it on stage, whatever's right, going on. Right, right. And yeah. I don't feel comfortable with that necessarily. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but I mean... So if someone comes to you and says, are you going to talk about me on stage? I tell them, I always... Okay, this is what I say. I don't ever talk about anybody on stage until I talk to them first about it. Ah. Yeah, I will not do that because that's... I think it's a crossing of a boundary sure. because they've been, because if I enter a bedroom with them, then they've been open with me enough sure, to sure. share an experience. Yeah. So it is my responsibility as a sexual partner to sit down and go, Hey, listen, I thought this was really funny. Can I talk about this aspect? And I literally run my act of what I'm going to say about I them. I have to do that with yeah. my boyfriend too. I do the same. Yeah. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. And, but that takes, but that's not necessarily, uh, the common Right. Yeah. yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. Some, sometimes what I think he's going to be like freaked out about that I talked about, he doesn't care. And sometimes I say something very totally benign and he freaks out at me. So it, you kind of don't know until you... 
Yeah. <laughs> Until you ask ask the question. It's a learn. It's definitely a growth. Experience. What do you think about like when you are starting? A, I know Kim's going to love this question. You're starting a new relationship with someone. You know, you're going you want to have sex with this person. What do you do about the sex safe sex talk? I mean, do you ask about STDs right away when you first meet them? Well, I'm gay, so it might be different. <laughs> um, but I just yeah, we just talk. Right, right, right from the get-go yeah, you, right from the you get-go. don't there's no puss footing around <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm the same way uh, but some of my friends just it's out the window they don't even give a fuck they'll, they'll maybe there will be an utterance of like hey, you know you uh clean and then they'll be like uh yeah but there's no discussion of like oh was i tested recently or was i like a, I, I was tested when i was 10 years old you know it, so yeah so as a gay man do you get nervous about that no <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm pretty out, out there. Can I can I shift gears a little bit? Sure. Okay, I'm very interested in your whole neuro linguistic programming, like training and all that. So, can you oh, tell us, did like, you? What, did you go on my site or something? You were just telling us oh, earlier. Yeah, okay. So, uh, well, you you did all this like training to help. Is is it? Are you? Do you do life coaching? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what happened was. <laughs> I kind of grew up in like a mm, environment. Like it wasn't a, it wasn't ideal. I was brought here. I was an undocumented immigrant from Korea, and I was. Wait, how old were you? In that? I was nine. Oh wow! And yeah. you came over just with your mom. I came over just with my mom, who had to go to the other side of the country to work. So I was left with my grandmother, who lived in government housing, and I wasn't supposed to live there because it was for seniors. Oh wow! And so I had no parenting really. Uh, <laughs> That's wild. And I didn't speak English, and so like. How did you learn English? Oh, it's just, you know, trial by fire. Did you go to school? Toss me into, yeah. It's, I just, public school. Wow. Like, they thought I was, like, retarded. Like, they thought, <laughs> they thought I, they wanted to, like, put me in special ed. Like, oh that, my it was God. like, I couldn't. Because you couldn't speak the language. Right. And, like. And also, you probably were a little bit hyper. Yeah. And so, they thought I had, like, you know, problems. Uh, <laughs> Which, so, in fact, you probably, it helped you survive. The fact that you didn't have any boundaries and you could be free to be yourself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's like. So I mean, you know, and then at some point I realized, like, oh, after a couple of years of very, it was just oh, nine, ten, eleven was like, oh, right. It was like maybe the most difficult years because you have no when you're that age, you have no control. You have no control. You can't speak the language, so you can't help yourself. Mm. You have no parents. You no. It's just like, what do you do? What do you do? So what (laughs) did you? What did you do? Eat a lot and watch a lot of TV. Yeah, that's that's what they say. Best thing is to listen to radio or TV. So yeah, but those sound more like coping mechanisms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like eating a whole pizza. I was like, it was like, I was a big kid too. Like I would like, you know. And so, at some point, somewhere, I decided that I was like, oh, it's sink or swim here. So assimilate, learn the language, and try to uh, try to work your way out of this because that's what they keep saying you know united states you're able to work your sure. way out of a situation the land of opportunity right the land of opportunity was what was being taught to me at school or whatever and the same like, time did you realize at that point that you were gay yeah and that was shitty too because <laughs> my whole family was like korean baptist i'm like okay so so oh, my korean family doesn't baptist. know i'm gay if they knew they might hate me so i don't really have like when you keep secrets from people it festers because it's like I could tell you something. If I'm keeping a secret from you, then we could have a great connection. But in the back of my head, I could be like, Karen and Cam don't really know who I am. And if they did, then they would not like me. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so you you hang on to that. Yeah, yeah. And then you go to school, then they're shitty to you at school. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So that's a terrifying feeling. That's literally why we have this podcast so that you can open up those boundaries right. to talk about how you truly feel. Especially, oh, yeah. especially kids talking to their parents. And vice versa. Totally. Yeah. That's why I talk about the bottom thing and the daddy thing like on stage because there's bottom shaming. There's like, you know, people who have issues with like liking a certain type or whatever. Look, I say like if you are, if you have a daddy issues, go, go after what you want because the other person also deserves to feel like they are very, very special. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know. If you get a g- girl with a mime fetish, that is that is who to go with. Oh, that is who to, why not? He he's gone to play parties where they he dressed as a mime. I mean, how awesome is that? You go and you dress as a mime, and then like they're so into oh like all night long. Have sex, I was and then surprised. You, I, w- I yeah. was surprised how many people wanted to talk with a mime despite me not having any words. Maybe that was the key. Yeah. Let Let's see. Let's see if we can make the mime mime scream. 
Do you, do you think you this could? Is it. Do I think I could? <laughs> it, it doesn't. It, it, it does not take much. I'll tell you that much. It does not take it much to make me much. scream. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so uh, the neurolinguistic programming came in where I was like, okay, well now I gotta improve, you know. And then I, since I was like 15 or so, I got obsessed with the world of like self-development, self-improvement, like that kind of thing. Because I really, that's the only thing I had to hang on to really. Wow. And so I was like obsessively studying concepts. Like of Tony like, Robbins, all right, these people. Right. That, Tony Robbins. and just, Okay. So you're doing all this self-development stuff. Right. And at some point, at what point did you become a comedian? Uh, when I was 27, so that was like what, like seven years ago? Eight years oh, wow. Ago. So what was going on between like 15 and 27? You're 15, 27. <laughs> okay, sex talk with my mom. Okay, yeah. so what happened was <laughs> I got out of uh, uh, high school and uh, I was still like undocumented. This is um, wild. At some point you don't just become a citizen? I, I became a resident the year after I graduated. But like my mom was like, study hard. My whole family was like, study hard. And I thought, <laughs> study hard and I'll get, you know, I'll get into a good school and then I can, you know, work up the ladder. Sure. I got out of high school and I was undocumented. So I, I got into um, like, <laughs> I had like a great GPA. I had like four point something. And then I had like a SAT scores, like 13 something. And I was like, already... I got into a bunch of schools, could not go because I was undocumented. Oh, shit. And so I was like, ah. And so I basically, uh, and I was, I was, you know, into theater then. So I did like community theater um, while I was waiting and uh, didn't have a job. I couldn't get a job because I was still undocumented. Oh, shit. Oh, man. Figure out how to do things. I had a couple sugar daddies at that time. I was going to oh go. I had to. If I was like, what that, am I going to do? Like, yeah. what am I going to do? How did, do did I you do like seeking arrangements, those kind of like websites? Uh, yeah, I did. A, I did a few. I did because I, I felt I did not have. We just interviewed someone. Yeah. Regarding this. Yeah. She, she came out and she, she was Teresa Lowe. She is a journalist at Hustler. She like entered the dating, the sugar baby world. Yeah. And kind of got wrapped up in it actually. Yeah. Well, I didn't she did his research and then got into it. Well, I wasn't hot enough to be <laughs> really far enough. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you weren't hot enough? No, no, I wasn't at, at that time. I wasn't worked out. Right now, I'm worked out. Well, now you got the long hair. Yeah. Kind of like the Ooh. exotic look. Ooh, la, la, yeah. uh. <laughs> and I also don't like being feeling powerless. I don't. I really do not. Even as a bottom. In bed, sure. For that period of yeah. time, awesome. But while I'm in life, no, you don't get to make me feel like. So are you less than you in any way? Like that's not okay. You're a pillow princess too. What's that mean? What, what do you Why mean by that? The bottom. What, what are they? A bottom. Someone who just likes getting pleasured. It's not like you're like gonna lay there like a. Are fish. you kidding me? Don't you go down on the guys? Of course. Well, then you're not a pillow princess. I know. I have to. Pillow princess is just laying there you, going. Oh, that, that's pretty. A, you just want to use the a, term at this point. That's a starfish. What's a starfish? When you lay down and do nothing. Pillow well, princess, like, as in the shape pillow of a princess can be actively involved in sex. It just maybe wouldn't be the one that's wearing the, like the leather with the whips. My idea was a pillow princess was just laying there. That, I think well, that is I'm, the right idea. No, I think it is you not. You don't have the right idea. No, I have talked to different people in the business that know. All right. Anyway, okay, I think well, we can move on from the yeah. pillow princess. We've already had oh. a whole episode on the pillow princess. Okay, so so you're doing a little sugar. <laughs> Seeking arrangements yes. or whatever. And so eventually, did you eventually go to school or did you just enter the no, workforce? No, I just started doing theater. Oh, wow. Um, And like... Was it comedy theater or just straight theater? Just just straight theater. Yeah. So like I, I decided, I was like, ah, the way to get out for me, the only thing that I feel like confident in is theater because I could sing really well and I could do, um, you know... So I kind of like entered that world and I started working in theater. I did like Miss Saigon. How many productions of Miss Saigon can you do really? <laughs> yeah. But it's a great show. Which is why I actually quit and went to stand up because I was like, I can't do another one of these. Yeah. Like I just, I just can't. You only can get Asian roles like that? Yeah. Like the King and You're I? You're getting typecast. King and I, flower drum song. I mean, <laughs> I did all the Asian <laughs> ones. And then I would do Shakespeare because, you know, in Shakespeare, like any racism, you know, they have yeah, three sisters exactly. with like, you know, Ibsen, they have three sisters with three different races, whatever, <laughs> you know, but then there's also no money in theater because it's like, oh, and so, okay. All Were right. you trying to get in the movies? I was, but I don't know. It was, just, you know, it was a very frustrating time too. Gotcha. 
So you have this great little treasure box down below as a woman, but you don't know what to do with it. If you're curious at all about women's sexual pleasure, omgs.com is a place for you. They've paired up with the IU School of Medicine. They took research across 20,000 women. Ages 18 to 95. And they found the patterns... And they made these wonderful illustrations, videos, all sorts of ways to learn techniques to enhance your pleasure. This is game-changing for if you're a novice or you're an expert. I highly recommend checking out the broadening video. Why do you like the broadening one? I just learned how to stimulate a clitoris and I had no... Did you say clitoris or clitoris? You say clitoris, I say clitoris. Anyway, I learned how to touch it. (laughs) I'm glad you learned how to touch it. And you'll get $5 off if you go to OMGS dot com slash mom that's omg yes dot com slash mom what a wonderful way to learn about women's pleasure it sounds like you had a lot of roadblocks every step you went from when you were born well the problem was i think that i was looking at the life in the wrong way so the reason why i became the i really solidified into the this uh advice kind of road was because uh, I was with my boyfriend for five years from like 27 to 32 and he ended up getting cancer and um, oh. he, I, I took care of him through the cancer and he passed away. Mm-hmm. And, poor uh, thing. He, yeah, he was a great, great guy and uh, really the love of my life in, 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 in so many ways. Like he was, um, I'm so sorry, just a wonderful, wonderful man. And uh, you know, but he was so anyway, so when he, he was all away, older than you. He was older than me, yeah. but he was like 53. That was still young. Yeah, you know, I'm totally. like 33. He was 53. Yeah. And um, during that time, I was like, okay, well, I'm doing stand up comedy and sure, I'm making people laugh, but then like I'm seeing doctors and nurses and all these healers come in and try to make a really big difference in his life. And I'm like, well, there's got to be some reason I'm doing this because I can't just. But laughter is probably the best medicine of all. Yes. But it's, it didn't feel enough for me okay. at the time. Okay. So then I was like, okay. So then I decided to start applying all those things I learned, doing you know all, all those skills. I didn't life coach actively, and I still don't. Mm-hmm. But I know what works and what can bring happiness, what doesn't. Hmm. And what I've discovered is anything that's conditional is just a dead end. And like I think... This is a very that, Buddhist philosophy. Well, it's true. Yeah. Like, I was thinking about like the way I was going about my career from 18 to however, right? If I only get this job, then I'll be happy. If I only get this guy, then I'll be happy. Uh, if I only get money, then I'll be worthy. If I, if I have the approval of my mother, then I'll be worthy. So right, I'm like right, constantly right. chasing things that never make me happy. And you never, ever get happy ever, ever. And then you get to a point where you lose the love of your life. Then you have to face that nothing is going to work for you except seeking happiness for in it of itself right mm-hmm. because it was like it's like the movie happy it, that's it yeah it's like it, there's just no you can't get happy it's got to come from within you yeah there's, there's no, no way, way you can get it from external stuff no yeah and so i got shivers when you described all that especially when you talked about you know losing the love of your life i understand how you feel and right and, because you you've been yeah, through this oh yeah life. i've been there <sighs> But there is no, it, it was like this. It was so, oh, okay, if, if we're going to get dark, here we go. Oh. It, it can get dark, yeah. Dark, I had a situation dark goes light. Where, Mike, where Michael, Michael loved me so much. Michael was in the hospital and uh, I was with him on my birthday, actually, in the, in the um, hospital room. And uh, he was on so many drugs because he was in so much pain. And then the nurses came in and he was like acting loopy. And so I was scared. I called the nurse. And the nurse was like, "Hey, sir, what's today? Like, what, what, what is, what is the month? What is the month of the date? You know, just to ask a question or whatever." And he said, he pointed to me. He was like, "Oh, it's his birthday, actually, and I'm so sorry that you have to spend your birthday in the hospital with me. Mm. Um, you know, next year you'll get two birthdays, and like knowing that, like, what's inevitably going to come is like the end of that, and this man who loves me." That much that it, even in a state of mind, he thought of me yeah. first. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And so I was like, oh. And so the yeah. next day I was like, should I just fucking kill myself? Should I? Should I? It, it, was, a, it was an option that crossed really my mind. I was like, suicide? should I? Is it an option for me? What should I do? Should I? Should I not? 
Like, it was, I went there. Wow. And actually, the lowest point was I talked to my mom, right? And my mom called, and she was like, how are you? And I was like, I don't know. I'm, it's, like, hard for me to want to, like, stay alive. Like, I basically told her that. And then she said, well, you're, when your grandmother died, you know, I thought of that, too. But I stayed alive for you. That's what she said to me. Oh, my <laughs> and God. And then I said. Like the worst advice ever. <laughs> and then, right. And then I said. Well, then, why don't we just both co-mother? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I my said, God. what is the point? Yeah, You're in look. a bunch of shitty pain, and I'm in a bunch of shitty pain. Then we could just go together and not have to be alive for anybody. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, oh, my and God. Up, up, right? And then I was like, Wait, that. did she Did she respond to that? She, she was really hurt, right? She was, you know. Because she was trying to give you advice. She was trying to help. From her and maybe maybe point. that is why she stayed alive. Although I don't believe that. I always tell people like they go like, I, I would have been so depressed if this happened to you because my husband got murdered. I'd be under the covers like not getting up for weeks, months, years maybe. And I'm like, yeah, but I had kids. I had to get up and stay alive for them. But the truth is, if, even if I didn't have kids, I would get up and stay alive for myself. Yeah. You, know, you can't stay alive for anybody but yourself. Right. But sometimes when you have kids. Of course, you stay alive for yourself, but from that, from the place of having that just happened, now I'm staying alive for myself, yeah, right? Yeah. From that stand, at that point, after I hung up with my mom, I thought, huh, well, I do think that if I did kill myself, it would be devastating to a lot of people, and it does ripple out, and it is traumatic for a lot of people. So I was like, okay, you know, you got to make a decision and line up with it. I started doing the, the coaching yeah. for myself. I was yeah. like, okay, make a decision, Aiden. Line up with it. Are you going to kill yourself or are you going to stay alive? One or the other. Shit or get off the pot. Pick. Right now. Pick. Oh, I was like, wow. I think I'm, like, I'm going to stay alive. Okay, great. If you're going to stay alive, then now you have another choice. Are you going to be miserable or are you going to be happy? Oh, my God. Like, okay, like, well, if I'm going to stay alive, then I want a positive experience staying alive. It's a choice. Oh, shit. Fine. I'm going to stay alive and I'm going to find a way to be happy. I lined up with that. That's it. That's, that's no, no, like, sure. If the thing that gets you is the going back and forth. This is what I'm amazed by. This is a one, this is one conversation that you remember or was it repeated thinking over and over again? Pick and any other thing. Do you remember specifically having this, these thoughts? Yeah. Wow. I was in in the hospital room. Michael was asleep. I got off the phone with my mom and I was like, okay, Aiden, do you want to live or die? I that think I have it. to live. Well, do I have to live or die? It's your option. I think I'm going to live. Okay. From that vantage point, now that you've chosen to live, do you want to have a miserable experience or a positive experience? I want to have a positive experience. Great. Well, then anything that's contrary to that, you're having a positive experience, staying alive is no longer an option for you. Right. So thinking about poor as me is no longer an option for you because it doesn't line up right. with what so you not chosen. Having, not having to make the decision is what empowers. No more decisions yeah. to be made. Right. That's it. You've and committed. That's the, the, the going back and forth is what tears you apart yeah. in anything in life. Like Totally. Like, should I do this or should I not? But the, no, make a decision and line up with it with your whole heart and that's it. Right. There's no that. Yeah, yeah. People you know? are always concerned, including myself. Like, this is very familiar to me to just go back and perseverate over and over and over again. Yeah. It, it's just the concern of like, oh, did I make the right decision? What about this little factor? Did I consider this? Yeah. And you just it, have to stick the, with it. The truth, what I've learned time and time again is that it's like, you can never even really know what the future will hold. Right. So even though you think you're making the right decision based on an outcome that you foresee, it's com- completely different in the, in reality than what you anticipate. Yeah. Yeah. But, but more even importantly, if you make the wrong decision, it's, it's better right. to line up yeah. with the decision yeah, yeah. you made. And you'll learn from it. Yeah. It's the decision that you've made. And then if you, if you go back and forth in this, okay, so if you pick path B and then you go back and forth, should I have picked path A, path A, and then path B goes wrong... Right, mm-hmm. then you'll be like, oh, I should have picked path, path A. But I'm still alive. But there's also an element where it's like, you didn't give your all to path B. So do you know if you actually gave your all for path B, or mm. or, or was the going back and forth disturbing your yeah. potential success in path B? Or even if you went all the way in for path B, mm-hmm. and it fucked up and it failed. You learn probably more from that yeah. than if you had gone to path A in the first place. If you do that, then you know for sure 
but uh, you can really the, learn from yeah. failure. You she, have to go in wholehearted. Whatever you do, you have to line up with your decision. And I'm, I'm agreeing with you. And, yeah, and totally. I think Cam You're agreeing with you. I agree, but I also see that this is like the hardest thing in the fucking world. I, I, I'm sure... Are there, is, Do you perseverate on anything today or is it, it at this point... You kind of live by this, and the even decisions to since you made that decision. little minor decisions like what to eat on a menu or what to or uh, yeah, you know. See, I think sometimes those little minor decisions are much harder than the big life changing decision, like should I kill myself or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That but the truth of the matter is, did you do it for anybody else because, of, or did you do it for yourself? Because At if you time, really, if you really think about it, suicide is an act of desperation. It's not an act of selfishness. My friend committed suicide. Right. I, and so I've really thought a lot about suicide and why people do it. Yeah. And she left two children. She she left her close friends and family and people who loved her. She was an awesome woman. No one knew she was depressed and she just killed herself. And I keep thinking, well, that was selfish to take away from all, all that she had. But it was, she was desperate. She was, you know, she, she killed herself. She saw no way out. I don't think you were there. I felt... I'm just wondering. No, at, at that time... Yeah. At that time, I made the decision to stay alive based on what I felt was going to be the impact on other people. Yeah. That was my decision point. I was like, you can kill yourself or you can stay alive. What are you going to do? And I was thinking about, I have like people who I see as like my little sister or my little brother. You mm -hmm. know, I have people like my mother. I have people who, um, you know, are close friends who would be disturbed by this choice. I have people who were coming to visit the hospital and really rooting for us and really showing us a lot of love. Dude, I, 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 the decision point came for me yeah. at the time. That was my excuse to pick path B. Exactly. It was an excuse. The truth, at the time, the truth is, yeah. deep, deep down, you didn't want to die. Correct. Now, I mean, after I chose that path and after I chose to stay alive, then I started seeing, oh, life is worth living for myself. But at that point where I'm like so up against the wall, I was like. It gave you a good reason to stay alive. Right. At the time, I couldn't see. Uh, and maybe subconsciously it was I used other people to that, pick the. That's what I'm one. getting. Yeah, right. That's what I'm getting. It at. could be. Yeah. How how did how did you figure out then what was going to bring you joy or what was going to make your life worth living? I decided. I decided at that point to pursue happiness for the sake of happiness and pursue feeling good for the sake of feeling good instead of pursuing my career or my mm. because that's that was the way I was functioning. Before this happened. Because that doesn't really bring happiness. It doesn't. And you no. know what's funny is this sounds really weird, but I think you guys might understand this is I'm actually happier now than I was when Michael was alive. Not because I don't love Michael or whatever. Not because I'm happy to get rid of him. It's more like um, I, in my pursuit of seeking happiness for the sake of happiness, I'm more moment to moment. I'm more satisfied more of the time. I'm mm -hmm. not looking for a problem to focus on to fix because there's something wrong with me. Yeah. So yeah. before it'd be like, I want to go, I better get on, uh, you know, a late night comedy show. Right. What is wrong with me for not getting on and perseverate on that? Mm -hmm. What is wrong with me that I can't get the success I want? Versus now, I could be in the same position, driving the same car. I could be like, oh, I enjoy my car. Look at that tree. And the moment to moment, I am happier mm -hmm. in general. And moment to moment, I have more appreciation for myself. Well, totally. you like yourself more now. I actually do. Yeah. It, A lot more. <laughs> like, <laughs> not because I changed, but because like, yeah. I, you, it's, a, it's, a, it's a perception thing. It's not... All of it is a person. Life is, uh, this is what I, I, I really believe this. Oh boy. Life is a perception. You can create whatever narrative you want with what's around you and you get to choose the narrative. Yeah. So I could pick the narrative with the whole Michael situation that I'm, I have, or with my life. I'm shitty and unlucky and uh, I, this is, yeah. always happens to me because there's something wrong with me. I'm right. cursed from my past. It's right. a narrative easily. I could choose that narrative or I could choose the narrative. Hey, look, like I've been through all this stuff, right? 
and I and because of I've been through all this stuff, like I'm able to support other people. And how wonderful is it that I get to be in this place and I get to experience life in a fuller way because of my past experiences? Exactly. It's the same, but the but the events haven't changed, yeah, right? It's right. your thoughts. It's a mm-hmm, complete mm-hmm. mind shift. Right. So if you pick the the path of the, you the, can pick the happy path or you can pick the sad path, and that's your choice. Yes. And that's what I realized when I started like doing the whole like, okay, I'm staying alive. I'm gonna pick the pa- happy, like. Which narrative will you pick? Have I, you, yeah, I th- I, this is so incredible that we're having this huge, heavy discussion we just met. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I we've identified this before. The day, the year after my dad died, was like one of the happiest years of my life, and yeah. that's the most counterintuitive thing. I was extremely close with him, and yet it, there's a freedom that comes from yeah. this, from from experiencing such loss, and you become like everything. You just see a, a much more whole picture you, you start of what life, life is going to happen. You life know? and death are completely like not what they what you thought when you were. I mean, I was always fearful of death yeah. when my husband was alive. Since he died, I'm like, hey, you know what? He's okay, so I'll be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel you. So, how did your day to day change? Like, did you you said you, it sounds like you became less career focused? Did that mean that you were doing less comedy shows? Was it were you? Um. At first, I uh, actually for the first few months after Michael uh, passed, um, I was chasing things for the first few months. I was like, because that's the, that's the way I knew how. Mm-hmm. And I was applying those self-help techniques for conditional experiences. And at one point, I had a meltdown, like complete, like, because it wasn't just over we had no family. Like Michael and I had no family. So it was me taking care of him through the cancer for like three or four months. Right. Like just like, so your whole job of taking care of him was over. So you don't feel like, but it wasn't over because I had a dog. I was out 17 hours a day. And so I had to get rid of the dog, but Michael maybe promised to keep the dog. So then I had to make sure I find, it was like, Oh, and then like getting rid of all of his stuff. (laughs) And that's a horrible thing to go through too. The funeral that I had to arrange and ah, just like, so how do you, Get through all of that, right? Mm-hmm. Your friends. You know, yes, uh, to a certain degree. But also, no one can go through the stuff except you. Yeah. When you, if your whole job for a while is basically taking care of somebody, and then you get through all your grieving, and not grieving, but you get through all the, the t- taking care of the business stuff, you know, like the, making the funeral arrangements and dealing with the clothes and all that, and the dog. Then what happens when that's all done? Then you're like, my, what do I do? Drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Drugs. After a while there, I was just like, right up with guys on drugs. That's what I did. <laughs> so, I mean, because you yeah, really po- positive, like, you positive gotta, experience you, or negative experience? Uh, mix. See, I went through that too. You want to feel alive again. So you just go out with tons going out. I'm saying loosely. You just have sex randomly you, with people because you want to feel like connection and, and intimacy and alive again. And that's how you feel it. Did you feel this too? Like, okay, so tell me, because this is the way I, you know, and I'm, I'm still like kind of going back and forth on this, right? The, the intimate experiences that me and Michael shared were so great that the idea that we were going to let that, that I was never going to experience that again was so painful that I tried to recreate it using drugs with these guys. Really? But the thing is, yeah, because I was like, because literally the first thing I did when Michael passed away, I was like, okay, let's look at, I tried to like get cerebral. I was like, okay, what is it that Michael provided me? What are the elements with which, like that brought me happiness about Michael? Huh? The warmth and the support. Okay. The warmth and the support. I can, I can, I can enroll friends for warmth and the support. Okay. Got it. All right. So what about, um, X, Y, and Z? Like, you know what I mean? Or like someone to bounce ideas off of. Okay. I have these friends to bounce ideas off of. And so like, I literally made a list to try to find ways to get what you had, what I had. Yeah. The piece that I couldn't come to was the, the sexual connection because how do you replace that necessarily? And so I was like, okay, well, I thought the answer might be that if I get all drugs and and hook up with a guy, then I can maybe recreate a similar experience. But it's like, it's like Michael, it's like, it's like building a fabulous playground on top of a building, right? Michael and I had a great foundation <laughs> yeah. of love and support, blah, blah, blah. And so the building is solid and we built a playground and we can play on it, right? But with this situation, I'm building a playground on 
No foundation. No foundation. Yeah. So you can't play like water. On it. Yeah. Yeah. You'll you'll mess. You'll hurt yourself. Yeah. So yeah, you yeah. try to recreate what you had using drugs and different guys. Right. I wanted something completely different. I was married for twenty four years. Yeah. So I took it as you know, it's just the way people look at things. Like you said, it's a perspective. Yeah. I took it as whoa. Let's close that chapter. Let's open a brand new one. Let's find guys completely different. Yeah. Than what I was with. Like I went with totally younger yeah. and, and someone who wouldn't want, you know, maybe more communicative or maybe just completely different right. because I wanted to experience different sexual experiences and different people. And so I, I didn't want to recreate that same wheel. Mm. Yeah. So no, I didn't. Yeah. Well, but everybody handles grief differently. And, I, and, and then it, it, well, I could imagine drugs give you this. Every time I'm on drugs, I fall in love with someone. Right? Yeah. It is almost like relaxed. dangerous for me to take drugs for that reason. Yeah. Cause I, I immediately <laughs> fall in love with someone, it, which is not, it's not ideal when it's, it yeah. can be dangerous. It's gnarly actually. Yeah. That was where <laughs> my, my breakdown came. My ultimate breakdown where I was like, ah, because you you felt like you were falling in love with these people and really you weren't? And then you wake up and you're like, ew. What am I doing with my life, right? <laughs> I, I mean, I've done that even with my current boyfriend. I, one, I was listening to music. All of a sudden, I just started sobbing. And he's like, why are you sobbing? I'm like, oh, what am I doing with you? I literally Ooh. said that like when I was in bed with him right after we had sex. I mean, it's like you have like a moment where you just like speak whatever's on your mind and he's still stuck with me after that. <laughs> I mean, but it was like, I looked at him. I'm like, what am I doing? What was, what was the part of when you were saying, what, what am I doing here? What was the most upsetting part of the situation? I, it's this guy. I'm currently, we're friends. We're just friends, but, um, I, after, right, right after Michael died, I just, I went on a rampage of like trying to wanting to find like a way to um, feel like independent, like that I can provide for myself. Right. So like a week after Michael died, I was like, I went looking for a guy to sleep with so that I can prove to myself that I am going to have um, can have sexual experiences without Michael. I can do this without Michael. Like that's where I was. Right. It's like a test. Right. And so I found this guy, um, Joe. There's a lot of Joes. I can say his name, Joe. And uh, <laughs> he's bisexual, and he had just divorced his wife, and uh, crazy, great connection. Very different people, he and I, you know? Where'd you find this dude? Online. Yeah. I met Michael online, too. Ha <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so, oh, yeah, It was great. I'm All so right. glad I heard the laugh again. <gasps> we were going down a dark road. I'm I'm sorry. I need to I'm, hear the laugh. This is not fun. No, no, no. This no, is very no, important to talk about. Really it. It is, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, so he and I connected on so many levels, but also a lot of challenges. He lives in, you know, the Bay Area. Oh, damn. A lot of challenges. A lot of not completely out to everybody. It's a family. It's just a lot of challenges. And, um, uh, you know, I was supposed to, this was, this is what actually happened. I was supposed to go to Italy with him. He was like this, um, guy who, you know, very successful works for a big company, you know? And, um, you know, he was like, Oh, we'll go to Italy together as a vacation. And like the day before I was supposed to go to Italy, <laughs> something happened. And I was just like, I can't go to Italy with you. It's not going to happen. You know, I actually was kind of mean. I was like, I'm not like a, <laughs> I'm not a manicurist that you can just dick around with your fucking fancy <laughs> job. I, I just had one of those moments. Yeah. Oh my so God. I didn't go to Italy. And so I had 10 days there where I had nothing planned. Oh wow. So I had to sit with myself and figure out what to do with this. And so I like to say like Michael was probably like the... Like if, if, you know, we're looking from a disease standpoint, right? So like if Michael was the HIV, then Joe, that incident was a cold that did me in. Does that make sense? Oh, wow. yeah. So there was a big yeah, problem. Yeah, totally. And the catalyst. Right. And then the straw that broke complete the meltdown. Camel's back. And then I had to, and then at that point I realized like that those 10 days was when I realized, oh, you, I can't look for answers outside myself, which includes, mm. hey, like, oh, I need warmth. Oh, I know. I'll seek my friends for to give me warmth. You can do that, sure, temporarily, but no, that's not the answer. I'll 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 uh seek emotional understanding from this guy that I, no, that doesn't work either. 
And like, so at that point I realized, oh, hey, the only real answer that's going to give you satisfaction, uh, the only real thing that's going to help you through this is by taking on those qualities for yourself that which Michael was. Oh. Right? So now it's like, okay. Oh, well, you got security in. before. Now you got to get it set up for Michael. You got to get it from yourself. Yourself. And that's it. Wow. wow. That's it. And that's the only way to be really happy, whatever happens. Yeah. You know, and you train, it's a thought, it's, it's, it, it is a narrative that you have to train yourself into. How do you, do you have specific techniques that you use to do that? Yeah. It's, um, I like to do a, a, a thought ladder. So, oh, first of all, there's two things. There's like, a, the, you focus yourself into a positive state, right? Or if you're stuck somewhere, then you work a thought ladder. Okay. So the thing to do is. You're on a positive train, right? You're like appreciating all these positive things. And then some kind of, mm, how, do, how do I explain this properly? Okay. So you could be having a great time uh, in this. Okay. Let's use this podcast, for example. I'm talking to you guys, blah, blah, blah. I get, and then all of a sudden I get a thought that sneaks up on me. It's like, you're such a boring guest. So you're not giving them what they want, right? Like that's the thought, like if it, if it comes up. Now, if I follow that thought down It'll build momentum. Mm. And eventually, that will be the predominant thought. Mm -hmm. Right? I'm such a shitty guest. Oh, I'm a shitty guest and nobody mm -hmm. wants to listen downward, to this. And this downward really, spiral. Yeah, downward spiral. And it builds and builds and builds. The more attention you give it. And the funny thing is, the more you argue against it, the more momentum it builds. Yeah. Mm. You're not a shitty guest. No, I'm not. I'm not a shitty Arguing, arguing. Like, I am a great guest. No, you're not. I'm a, All of that adds to it. So the thing to do is, if you catch it, early then you can shift your thought you can shift your momentum very yeah, quickly yeah and so if if that kind of thought pops into my head i go oh shift thought so oh yeah big old bottom gaijin <laughs> like you know something like that will be completely off topic and before you know it this thought is going to dissipate of course right hmm. if you get, if you shift quickly enough Right? And it doesn't does it necessarily have to be to a positive thought or could it just be any thought just to get your mind off of it. Any thought. Yeah. Neutral or higher. Wow. It's sort of like yeah. dog training. Yeah. I saw a guy in the dog run. He said that he, he had this little remote control thing and then the dog had a collar on. And I said, oh, so do you zap him every time he does something bad? He goes, no, I just zap him and it just calls attention to he just changes his thought. So yeah. if he was going to go try to to eat some shit in the dog run or whatever, she, zap, whoop. He yeah. alerts him and he walks away. I was learning on omgs.com. That's our sponsor. Oh, it's okay. like this sex, this like, uh, it, it teaches people how to have better sex. Oh, great. Very and, graphic for female anatomy. And so for, for some people, if you keep going down on a clit, it, it will kind of desensitize and you yeah. won't, the person will stop enjoying it. Yeah. And it will not come. So, but there are ways that you could distract them and like by slapping someone's ass that can often be like a, sudden distraction right and then you can go back to the clinton re-engage like re-engage with all that stimulation again yeah. so this is a very similar uh yeah. just bringing uh it is just bringing a little, a little sex into this little, <laughs> <laughs> especially with someone who rarely sees clits i've never seen a clit oh my god oh ever my in my gosh. life oh are you are you what is what's that called uh, they call us gold star gays. Yeah, you're gold star. But I'm platinum because my mother had a, had a cesarean. Oh, oh man. shit! I never met a platinum. Oh, I never met a platinum. I, I met gold stars, but never met platinum. Yeah. So, well, hilarious. we didn't hear about that. How how do you like start going in that positive direction? So you, if you personally. say you got a bunch of momentum going mm -hmm. on that, and now you're in, you're you're you know in a disastrous kind of feeling, mm -hmm. right? And you're like stuck on it. Then you work up the thought ladder. Now, the, the thing is, like, you know what affirmations are, right? Yeah. So people do affirmations. Positive like, affirmations. Right. I am, I am good, beautiful. Yeah. I am beautiful. I am beautiful. <laughs> and the thing is, when you feel fucking well, we ugly, you are. I am beautiful is not going to help you. So this is what you do. So say you're on the momentum of I am ugly, right? And Which I've been there, right? And you're feeling down and you feel ugly. Then you pick. Then you look at yourself or whatever. Then you pick the thought that you believe that you can believe that you can stomach that is slightly better than where you currently are. So it might go something like this. I'm ugly. I'm not the ugliest person in the world. <laughs> I, I, I'm the second ugliest. I'm the second ugliest. <laughs> I've had other guys tell me that I'm not ugly. 
I've been complimented for my nice dick. <laughs> my dick is pretty nice. That's, awesome. That's irrefutable that my dick is nice. A lot of people like my dick. There you yeah, go. Yeah, and my, my ass is pretty nice too. I got a nice ass and a nice dick, and I'm not the ugliest person in the world. Some people really <laughs> like me. I've had experience some people really like me. Yeah, I've also got a nice mouth. I can give a hell of a blowjob, and they appreciate that too. So I've got all these skills that make me sexy. Like, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Before you know it, you're like, hey, I'm pretty fucking hot. You like, can revamp everything. But you have to go for the next thought that you can believe. You can't go sure. right up to, I give great blowjobs. Uh, you know, no. like, what are you going to do? Like, you can't, well, I mean, ah, that's, that's a, a fact, right? Giving great blowjobs. Ah. <laughs> 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 then, then if you feel ugly, then you go, I'm beautiful. And then you have to be like, no, you're not. Fuck. You know, like, you're right. I'm a liar. And I'm a, I'm an ugly liar. You're an ugly you liar. Know. I yeah. So I'd love to go to rapid fire questions. Okay, okay. Know well, we're, we're actually an hour in, so I think we should Sorry. do those rapid fire questions, but we can do it on our Patreon bonus episode. How does oh, that sound? Sounds great. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. It took up all this time talking about. But the, you know yeah, that yeah. these are going to be the funniest, so you guys have to join us on Patreon, and that's yeah, a membership we love platform. This. By the way, if we get 50 patrons, we're going <laughs> to take marijuana infused blueberries and yes. do a podcast. Uh, Maybe we should. I'm not in on this, right? I don't have to do that. Do <laughs> I, I don't want to be in on this either. We have to get 50 patrons. So, uh, if people wanted to find your stuff, how do they find you? Uh, you can go to AidenPark.com. A I D A N Park. Yeah. A I D A N Park. And then that's my tour dates and stuff. Uh, you know, my Instagram uh, is Aiden Park Show. A I D A N P A R K Show. Uh, I give advice there. I have a column on LAPride.com. Uh, thelapride.com and I have a podcast coming out called a What to Do Show. So, love it. Yeah. Love uh, your guys, whole message. It's clearly, amazing. clearly, if you want to be inspired, this is something you should check out. Yeah, Even, we we rarely feel like how we feel. I'm speaking for both of us. I rarely feel you can about speak a guest the way I feel about you. You That's are sweet. so genuine and so uh, brilliant. That's I mean, really. and yourself, unabashedly yourself. Yeah. I love it. I appreciate it. I think my bad driver self. <laughs> <laughs> even, even if you can't yeah, drive. Intuition. You're like, oh, he's going to park wrong. I know I he's it. Asian. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for coming on the show, Aiden. Hi, thank Bye. you.